0: Good evening, good evening, good evening, October 10th, 2023, it is Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, that means it is another episode of All In Society and Friends, episode number seven, and this one's all about a recession or the lack of recession that we are in. Are we in a recession yet or are we there yet? Y'all seen the movie. I've seen, I guarantee everybody's been on a road trip, right? What's the number one question when you were a little, a little young one, uh, boy, girl, whatever the case may be, mom and dad was driving and you had been on the road. It seemed like all day. Now, to you, you've been on the road for an hour and a half, and that's it. But at that time, it felt like the lifetime, right? You were trapped in the car. You had nowhere to go. Um, Hopefully, you had like a Game Boy PSP, something that we had back in the day to keep us entertained. But what was the number one question? Ma, Dad, are we there yet? I am so tired. I want to be there. How much longer do we have to go? Well, that's kind of how I feel about the recession. So all the people I follow, especially you watch on um, CNBC, uh, maybe even CNN, all news, all you hear about, woes of a recession's coming, recession's coming. You've been hearing it from last year. Recession's coming, recession's coming. Well, guess what? It doesn't seem like a recession's coming, right? Um, they've been talking about it for the past all year round. First half of the year, it was a little slow, right? Um, scary times. And then I talked about this last episode or on my podcast as well. And let me stop right there. If you are not familiar, I have a podcast as well on all your favorite podcast networks, all major podcast networks. It's titled All in Society with Claude Winston. You can just type in All in Society or type in Claude Winston. I should be able to pop up. I've done it myself and I found myself pretty uh, easily. So please, if you enjoy this episode, please make sure you download the podcast as well. I'll have the audio version if you didn't get a chance to catch it. And maybe you want to listen to this episode on the road, on the fly. Um, And also I have episodes that I drop every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Monday and Wednesday, I bring them to you at 8 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Eastern. And on Friday, I drop an episode at 5 p.m. Eastern. Give it to you a little early for the weekend. So I, I have talked about in the past that I watch um, Market Mondays, where Earn Your Leisure. I watch Trapping Tuesdays, which I'm going to watch at the end of this show. He's going on right now, probably going on live on YouTube as well. And I, um, I digest all this information and everyone, all they've been talking about is recession. Um, maybe not so much recently, um, but September, Trap told us that September is typically the worst month out of the year, so you got to be careful in the market. Um, so I paid close attention to that. But because of that, a lot of companies were sold off and some of them are at a uh, value right now. And but be careful because just because a company is out of value doesn't mean that it's going to to go up and you're going to make money. Maybe if it's dividend stock, you hold on to it and you can uh, you can get the benefits of the dividends. But as far as the company itself, uh, as far as growth, uh, maybe there you're not making any money. It's just kind of sitting idle. So just be mindful. You want to make sure that you don't get trapped in a value trap. Um, but I did listen to. Two individuals talked today on CNBC, and I wanted to share that information with you guys. I listened to uh, Bill Hornbuckle. He is the CEO from MGM, and he talked a little bit about the cyber attacks and how it affected the company. And I wanted to discuss that because I've been investing in uh, cyber security companies, and we'll get on that uh, topic a little bit later. And Paul Tudor Jones Now, I read a book, it's called Money Master the Game, I believe, with Tony Robbins. And he, I'm pretty sure one of the individuals he interviewed was Paul Tudor Jones. And uh, I'll dive in deeper who Paul Tudor Jones is. But he is a guy that's going to capitalize when there's these big macro events, such as war times, what's going on right now, um, overseas um, with Israel. And he benefits on these times. So he came on and he was talking real negative, saying recession. Um, He expects a recession the first half of next year, um, which is not something any of us want to hear, right? Um, But maybe if if we have what's technically called a recession, maybe it's a recession and it doesn't necessarily um, really affect our daily lives any more than it's already affecting us as far as inflation is affecting us right now. The cost of everything's gone up. But I wanted to dive into um, I took a couple of notes what Bill Hornbuckle had to say. Obviously, um, if you guys aren't familiar, I am a former employee at MGM. Um, I rode the corporate ladder. I started as MGM National Harbor. I started as a poker dealer, became a dual rate. And dual rate is somebody that's a supervisor and a dealer at the same time. You kind of fill in as supervisors when needed. Um, from dual rate to became supervisor, supervisor to um, manager. And at one point I was a senior manager, and that's really because there wasn't anybody that really stayed put. Um, that kind of shows how, well, I'll let you read in between the lines. Um, so I was very interested what he had to say. I've been in the room with him or he's um, kind of, I think it was earlier this year he came into MGM National Harbor and really spoke on the the company as a whole, and kind of came by and and gave his condolences, or maybe lack of a better word, um, his appreciation uh, for the work that we did at the regional property, um, because it was uh, definitely keeping the company uh, afloat during uh, the pandemic when Vegas was shut down. The regional properties were still um, functioning at some capacity, uh, once they, uh doors were opened back up. And so we were definitely MGM National Harbor um, helping the company move things along. Um, but some of the notes that I did write down, the uh, again, this is from CEO of MGM, uh, Bill Hornbuckle. He he mentioned the attacks, the cyber attack. If you guys are not familiar, there was a cyber attack at MGM um, as well as Caesars uh, company as well. But on MGM, he mentioned the cost uh, was approximately $100 million. Uh, He says the incident is behind the company, um, and it may be lingering impacts into the the month of October, into this month. Um, But he was very uh, positive and upbeat about the the issue was behind them. It sounds like they have things uh, under wraps and are, are moving forward. Uh, he mentions the company restructuring and rebuilding. Um, no specifics on that, but I did want to mention that. Um, if you guys are investors or are looking to invest in the company, maybe that's something you want to look into. Uh, Those two R's, restructuring and rebuilding. Um, so something to be mindful. He said business is booming in, in Vegas. Um, I was out there this summer. Uh, they definitely did an awesome job, but I'm really speaking t- towards um, Caesars, what the what I think that they brought. So Caesars has a World Series of Poker. Uh, they own the World Series of Poker, and so that brought a lot of people. And they moved it to the Las Vegas Strip. It was at the Rio uh, Hotel and Casino off the Strip, closer to where the Palms is. And this year they brought it to the Strip, and it was it was a great experience. I enjoyed it. I went out there and played the employee event. Um, so and really enjoyed it. I'll definitely go out there next year. But I thought that brought a, a big boom to the to the Strip. And um, to be quite honest with you, unless you Aria is my favorite comp. excuse me, my favorite property, my favorite casino to go to when I'm out in Vegas. There's just something about it. I feel at home. Um, it's it looks beautiful when you go in there. It smells. It just smells clean. It smells beautiful. I wish they and the customer service is excellent as well. And I, in a tie class. I wish they uh, were able to package that and put it at MGM National Harbor because that's not the same experience, at least for me. It's not the same experience. Hey, what's up, George? Um, it's not the same experience um, as um, I get at MGM National Harbor here in, in Maryland and in the DMV as you would out in, um, in Vegas. Um, with that being said, maybe they'll be able to um, – Work on that in the future, but um, he said there is p- potential strikes in the horizon. Um, the culinary workers and bartenders unions are expecting to pick it on Thursday, um, but I don't expect this to be a long um, a long strike. I think they'll be able to negotiate and get this taken care of uh, pretty quickly. I do know, uh, just speaking from personal experience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm reading uh text messages from uh, from George. He's watching the show right now as well. Thank you for watching, George. Um but they uh the the cocktail servers at, at National Harbor, I know they were in and out the door as well, so I'm not sure if they are the the servers and the employees at MGM National Harbor experience are the same things that the, some of the employees are fighting for out in Las Vegas. So that'd be interesting to um to follow up on that as well. And then last note, they are running with 15% less employees than they are accustomed to. And you can definitely tell uh, customer service is lacking. I know at, at National Harbor, I go to Bellagio Patisserie, and I go there simply for a cookie. That's all I want. I'm literally going to be in line for less than a minute. And I have to wait in line for 10 minutes just to get an item that literally takes me less than 30 seconds to grab pay for it and go. Um and I know this isn't the only uh um restaurant or you know service uh product that um at Shake Shack it's kind of slow there as well at MGM National Harbor. Anywhere you go, customer service and just where they're moving people along, it's it's pretty slow right now. And what do we want right now? Well, the prices are up on everything. We want fast food, right? We want fast. We want convenient. We, go, we want good-tasting food. So we're going to go to these places that we were expecting their food out really quick, right? Um, we want affordable food. We want fast food. Uh, but we also want good quality as well. And then when you don't provide that fast and you don't provide that customer service and that good quality – well, it, it just puts a bad taste in our mouth because there's not too many places that we can go and eat and it's not costing us an arm or a leg. And I'm just one single male. I'm not feeding an entire family. I just imagine what it's like feeding uh, entire families right now. So, um, you know, I know it's hard out there right now. I am um, I struggle on a daily basis uh, to get, well, I shouldn't say, I, shouldn't, I don't struggle to get by. I'm doing pretty well for myself being as a single male um, in this environment, um, but uh, trust me, I, I know what I know what's going on out there. I'm uh, moving on to Paul Tudor Jones. Uh, he uh, he is a he's a hedge fund manager known for his macro trades, uh, particularly his bets on interest rates and currencies. So he's he's in 1980 he founded Tudor Investment Corporation, which now manages 13 billion in assets. So I wanted to relay that information. This isn't just a retail investor. This is a guy that manages a lot of money and moves a lot of money and can move stocks um, up or down in, um, in pretty uh, big fashion, right? He's got a lot of money to, to move around. He is a macro trader. Um, so times like this is where he really cuts his teeth where he really benefits, um, his strategy I don't think he 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 I think he did touch on it a little bit that I wasn't really the notes that I was taking um, I just really wanted to share his take. Um, also wanted to add his, add his net worth is 8.1 billion according to Forbes um, during the interview he stated he expects a recession in quarter one 2024 so um, just keep that in the the back of your head he's expecting that recession we were talking about early in the show. He expects it in early um, Q1, 2024. Uh, Comments uh, reflect a negative view on the market. He does not have a lot of confidence in leadership of Trump or Biden, and he believes they put both the country in financial turmoil. Um, And he mentioned Biden's current um, time in office, and then he mentioned Trump's time in office beforehand. Um, And I don't really want to get into politics too deep. I'm not going to even share what my political view is because it really it really doesn't matter. Right. No one really cares. Um, but I do vote. I'll just I'll just share that. I'm a U.S. citizen. And I, so I do exercise my right to vote. All right. Uh, moving on to my my portfolio. Let's do a little portfolio talk. Um, as I mentioned in past episodes, I left my previous employer and. And because I've been watching and tapping into Earn Your Leisure, Troy and Rashad, if you're not familiar with them, just uh, Google Earn Your Leisure, and they should be able to pop up, and you can dive into that, especially um, if you're in the black and brown community. Um, they, are, uh, they are really uh, helping, and they're pushing the community forward as far as financial intelligence. I understand not everybody is comfortable and familiar um, and, and willing or maybe has the funds to invest in the stock market. Uh, but I believe at least if you have the education, if you're more familiar with something, you'll be, uh, more inclined to, uh, to dive into it. And that's where I come into play because I've people in my personal life, I've pushed people away. Um, and I've also rubbed people the wrong way. And I've also met a lot of people and, uh, and met a lot of friends and I met a lot of people that have helped me make money. And um, it just helped me uh, become a better man as well um, and better and smarter about money. Um, but I come into play because I'm a poker player. Um, I'm a poker player and I've been a manager. I've been a dealer. I know uh, the poker industry in and out on both sides from the business uh, standpoint and from a player standpoint as well. There are many similarities to poker and stock market. And the, I, to be honest with you, the reason why I believe that there's things like online poker and they're saying poker is a game of uh, of luck, there's not a game of skill, it's a game of chance, is because these there's a lot of folks that know that if poker is looked at in the same uh, aspect as the market, people are going to start flushing to the casino. But I don't think that's healthy because they're going to go and play these table games and things like that. But what I'm trying to do is teach and educate people If you and and teach you poker and the basics. I teach you poker and the basics, then you start to uh, develop the mindset and the skill sets in order to be successful in investing in the stock market. I'm telling you, um, I didn't know a whole lot before last year. I dabbled in the market here and there, definitely during the pandemic, um, during the GameStop and the AMC surge. Um, if you haven't seen the movie dumb money, definitely check that out. I talked about that last episode, episode six, check that out. It was a great movie. Um, but during those times, I wasn't really heavily in the stock market. I was dabbling here and there. Uh, but unfortunately I was into NFTs. Um, I made some money, I lost some money. Uh, but I still think NFTs is going to be something that is going to be beneficial for all of us in the future. Um, But moving along, uh, the reason why I think that poker is going to be something that's going to unlock these things because if poker is getting, you you have a limited information, so you have a, it's math based, right? And a lot of uh, the stock market is based on um, statistics and numbers and based on math technical analysis, watching, uh, tracking graphs and things like that. Um, but there's also like news and, um, like companies report their earnings and things that move the stock price up and down. And, and so basically in poker, you're taking limited information. Um, but you have the math that's kind of back to your decisions on and taking this limited information and you are a strategic investment Well in the market, you're doing the same thing. You're, it's it's based on math, it's based on statistics, and it's based on also news and factors um, from from the company standpoint and from um, other things that have happened on around the world. And you're making an educated investment, and you don't have total control over everything. So tell me, what's the difference? I'm playing cards. I know I'm mathematically where I am based on. If opponent has these range of hands, all right. So I'm going to invest and I'm going to move forward this way. As far as the stock market, all right. The stock is at this price based on this, 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 A, B, C, and D, and based on these other variables, which I don't really have full control over. I believe this is a good investment, so I'm going to move forward with this investment. So it's a lot of similarities, guys. And so I think if you learn poker and you get the basics of that down, I'm not teaching you poker, and I wanted you to learn the game of poker so you can go to the casino and make money. It's taken me my entire life to learn how to play cards and to try to make money on a consistent basis. I'm not going to be able to teach you poker and, and take you out in the world um, a year from now, and you're uh, a winning poker player playing 1-3, no limit hold'em. Um, that's it's not a reality, because poker... Um, there's a lot of involved. Um, same thing as the stock market. I don't know what you're going to do when you start losing money. I don't know if you're going to go downstairs to the pits and start dumping money. There's so many variables. So I'm not trying to teach people um, how to play poker so they go to the casino and gamble and try to, try to make money. I want to teach people to play poker and get their mindset of thinking and uh, talking about money and making money work for them. And once you start having your mind work around that, then you start gravitating to the stock market. Then you start breaking down companies and researching companies and investing in companies. It's all about making your money work for you. Uh, we all work a job, or if you're entrepreneurs, we have money on the side. Um, and you put money in the savings account, um, whatever you do with your money. But if you leave it in your savings account, you're, not making, you're, probably, you're losing money over the long haul. Because the dollar is going to be losing its value based on interest um, and a, a multiple other factors. Um, the reason why um, the the cost of the dollar is going to go up or the value of the dollar is going to go up or it's going to go down. So it's always better to put your money to work, uh, invest, um, and there's multiple investments. It doesn't have to be just the stock market. Um so I did want to discuss um, a little bit of what I've been doing in my portfolio. So today, earnings, Pepsi had good earnings. Um, a lot of folks have been saying that these new um, diet pills, um, I think Eli Lilly, the, these, these drugs that they're creating is going to have people eating healthier. And so um, these things like snacks and like unhealthy uh, snacks and like beverages and things like that, people are going to consume, consume them less. And so the companies like Pepsi and Coca-Cola are going to suffer. Well, Pepsi, as of right now, during uh, earnings, or they, excuse me, they reported earnings today. And their CEO said, I don't really believe that. At least right as, as of right now, we don't see that. Um, So I saw Pepsi was at um, the tickers PEP, I believe, off the top of my head. I believed it was definitely at a price that it was willing to invest. Nothing substantial. Um, but this is really, I invested it in my uh, account that was to not necessarily buy and hold for long term. I definitely want to get into that one. Unfortunately, I sold some Roblox, took some profits on Roblox, um, and that money's still locked up. I'm waiting for that to clear. Um, so I ended up just investing in. And that, and that was in my IRA, the Roth IRA. I ended up investing it in, in my, um, my cash account. Really, that's really an account where I want money to be, to be moving, to be making money. I don't want anything in, sitting uh, stale. So that's really investments. Um, that's in growth companies. That's going to continue making money. I'm um, investing in the S&P 500. As, as that hopefully, I believe that will continue to move in at least 1% each month. And I've also invested in other um, individual stocks as well. Um, Also invested in um, cybersecurity companies, uh, Fortinet and Palo Alto. Palo Alto, I thought I was getting it at a price that wasn't necessarily a great price, but it's been moving. Um, So I'm happy about that. FTNT, uh, as far as the balance sheet, there's something about the company, I need to do a little bit more research, that it's, it's put a little bad taste in my mouth. There's something that's going on with the company. I just haven't found exactly what it is. I'm not sure if they're investing a lot, um, in, um, future endeavors. Um, they're not necessarily a company that goes out and acquires other companies. They're a company that really uh, builds from inside, and so sometimes that takes a little bit of extra time, opposed to a Palo Alto. Um, they have the cash on hand to go out and acquire other companies, and that's a, a quicker transition to... Um, to push their company forward as far as a growth company. So Palo Alto is definitely the leader in the cybersecurity space from the research that I've done and from all the other experts um and people I heard from. But FTNT is a lot more affordable and I i look at it as kind of like a dark dark horse in the cybersecurity uh sector. So that's the reason why I'm holding on to that one. Um and so as far as my portfolio performance, it's doing uh, darn good. I mentioned the last episode, I'm beating the S&P 500. And after uh, yesterday's rally and today's rally, I'm probably even separating myself even, even more. Um, I didn't want to dive into it um, that much today. I, I don't want to bore you guys. I know we talked a lot of kind of, which is kind of boring um, news to start this, but um, so just know that my portfolio is doing good. So I didn't take my money out of my 401k Roth and managing myself and I'm not dumping a bunch of money. So, yay, I know what I'm doing, at least for right now. We're actually beating the S&P 500 or beating the S&P 500. Um, so I'm I'm very proud about that. Um, hopefully it keeps on going. So Washington Wizards, I know I got my Detroit Lions hat on, uh, but as I move um, from from Michigan um, I was traveling on the road as a dealer um, in the casino industry, and then I planted the root my roots in 2016 in Maryland. I bought my first home in 2019, and I believe in 2019, 20, 20, yes, that 2019 season, I bought season tickets to the Washington Wizards, and I'm pretty sure it was the year before. I uh, they were they made the playoffs. John Wall was cooking. Bradley bill uh, Otto Porter was on the team and they were cooking and I thought they were gonna do something uh, in 2019 2020 season of course injuries happen and they don't even make the pretty sure they don't even make the playoffs that year so I bought into it I was so excited and then they didn't do anything that year um, but I've still been a, a huge Washington Wizards fan Listen, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Um they're going through a rebuild, so I don't care about a rebuild. All I care about is that the the new president and the new GM is pushing the uh pushing the team forward, uh pushing the organization forward. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit. Uh so the Wizards kick off the season tonight. preseason, first game tonight against the I believe it's the Kearns, Terrapins. They are Australian professional basketball team. Um, have you seen uh Luka Doncic played his former team uh earlier this week or this past weekend. So NBA does these uh NBA I'm telling y'all, NBA is is I think is better than NFL. You see you see the stars, they play eighty two games, they're gonna be playing more games this season. They added a in season tournament. So it's going to make watching the regular season even more enjoyable. There's a reason to watch the regular season; they're playing for something. The NBA, um, they just do things right. The, it's my it's my favorite uh, it's my favorite sport to watch is the NBA, and I grew up enjoying NFL a lot more. But NFL just made a lot of changes, put a lot of bad taste in my mouth amongst uh, many of things, many decisions they made. Um, I love the NBA. Hey, Adam Silver is great. Um, I'm looking forward to see uh, our first round pick, the Washington Wizards' first round pick, Bilal Kalabali. I uh, probably butchers his name. Butchers his name. Hopefully, I get it right. Uh, the Indiana Pacers selected Kalabali with the seventh overall pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, and then they traded the rights to us, the Washington Wizards, for two future second round picks and the draft rights to Jarris Walker. Um, so I hope the Washington Wizards, uh, focus on defense with this young, uh, with this young team. And BC, I'm gonna call him BC sh- for short, should provide the instant spark on that end of the court. Looks like he enjoys actually getting into the opponent and actually playing defense. So I like that about him. I know, uh, he's got some length. Um, I believe he'll be able to develop on the offensive end. He, he has some game. Uh, I don't know how reliable, reliable his uh, jumper is. Uh, but he's got some game. He's definitely going to have to fill out. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how he does. Johnny Davis was our first round pick last season. Um, he did not perform well, and he barely saw the court last season. I know he also he had his first child uh, last season as well. So he had uh, quite the transition. In his rookie season. Um, he turned things around later in the season. Uh, he was playing with the G League, and he probably got his feet and his confidence underneath him playing um, in the G League. And then later in the season, he had some opportunity to play as, uh, uh, as a season wind down for us. He had a little bit more opportunity. Um, so uh, this is a tremendous uh, – I'm looking for a tremendous improvement from Johnny Davis on year two. GM, former GM, general manager Tommy Shepard is out and new president, Michael Winger, is taking over as president. Uh, Winger was the former GM for the Los Angeles Clippers um, since 2017. Uh, first thing Winger did, he hired Will Dawkins. Uh, he was the form, he's the general manager now for the Washington Wizards. Uh, Dawkins comes from Oklahoma City Thunder. And if you've heard uh, me or watched me in previous shows, I love their team. Uh, get, uh, Josh Giddy, uh, Shea Gilders Alexander, Jalen Williams. They got Chet Holgram. I just watched their game, preseason game against uh, San Antonio Spurs. They're playing against Victor Um, Chet looks good. I think he should be the favorite to win Rookie of the Year. He didn't play last season, so he has opportunity to, to be on the. I'll call it the ballot uh, for Rookie of the Year. Um, I think and he'll do he'll probably he should be the favorite over Victor Wimbanyama. But Victor Wimanyama is a generational talent. Um, I look forward to see exactly how he does this season. Um, if you get a chance to check him out and Chet Holgram, uh, they played on NBA TV last night. I watched a little bit of the clips. It was fun to watch. Um, but those are two great young teams to watch. I believe within five, ten years, uh, those teams will be battling in the Western Conference for NBA championships if they keep their teams intact. Um, but Dawkins comes from Oklahoma City and he had some type of uh, doing and creating this team. Um, the, re- the way they stacked up dra- draft picks, um, the way they drafted. Um, so Dawkins comes from OKC where he worked his way to VP of basketball operations for the Thunder. Um, Winger and Dawkins worked together in OKC from 2010 to 2017. So they've worked together. Um, they have some familiarity and I already like some of the moves that they made. I love that they shipped Bradley Bill out of here. Um, Brad's a great player. Um, but as the highest player in your team and your best player in your team, you're not going anywhere. I'm sorry. He's not a team that you can win a championship with or build a championship around. Let me take that back. I said he you can't win a championship with him. He has the opportunity to win a championship in Phoenix with Kevin Durant and uh, Devin Booker. Uh, I think it, it would be so easy for him. But to be quite honest with you, I don't think he's going to do well in that role. I think he he needs the ball to to get going and get hot. And with Kevin Durant and Booker, you're the third in line, bro. He doesn't really. If he maybe he wants to play defense and he locks down on defense this year, um, but I don't see that happening. I, so I just don't. I don't honestly. I don't think it's going to be a good fit for them. Um, but um, that's just my take. I'm not wishing any ill feelings on him. I enjoyed watching him as he was watching Wizards. wizard. I just don't think it's going to do well with him. I think he needs the ball in his hands to get his rhythm, to get going, and he's not going to have the opportunity to do that. And if they have him running point, they're going to find out he's going to turn the ball over a lot. He has no business running point. I, I know I watched them um, during media day, um, they said that Brad and uh Booker are going to be ones uh the be the ones running point both. I don't think that's a good idea. I think either they need to find someone else who's stri- st- strictly running point or they need to give it to Booker strictly. Bill, are, he can work towards it, but he's a turnover machine. He's not he's not the type of person that's going to distribute and be highly efficient. Um Washington Wizards brought in Monte Morris for a reason last year. Just think about that. So um, maybe Phoenix has they work their team, uh, work the team, and so it works for them. And so the turnovers aren't uh, really a thing. But I, I, I'm, I'm not too optimistic about that. Uh, about that idea. Um, so I'm very excited about um, Winger and Dawkins coming together and building this roster. As I said, I, I love the fact that they shipped out Bill. Um we got uh some good value from shipping out Porzingis as well. We brought in Chris Paul, got some value from him. So I love the moves. Uh Jordan Poole, he's going to be great to watch, but another person is going to turn the turn the ball over a lot. I do not want the ball in his hands too much bringing up the ball, bringing the ball up the court. Uh give it to, to Kuzma, give it to Tyus Jones and um maybe even Delon Wright as well. To be quite honest with you, I don't remember if Monte Morris is on the team or not. I believe he's still on the team, uh, but I can't remember. Um, but I'm looking forward to watch, watching the Washington Wizards. It's going to be a development year. Uh, maybe they'll make some uh, big moves um, throughout the year during the close to the trade deadline. Uh, not going to see, expect a lot of wins, but I do uh, plan on traveling and I'm going to some road games and traveling with them. Um, hopefully there's some casinos nearby and I'll be able to enjoy, um, some poker and some basketball and hit the road. I really want to hit the road. I want to bring the show on the road. Um, I miss being on the road. There's no reason for me to stick and stay in one place. If I can learn this market dumps, continue to put money in the market strategically. Um, I still have money that's in my, uh, my, that I'm not st- managing Myself and I will love to be able to pull that money out and self-manage it next year after uh, or maybe after or maybe 2025 after doing this for a year and a half managing it myself. All right, moving along. NFL stats in my top five, top five. You already know who's going to be on the in the top five. It's just a matter of where they're going to Fall. So week five, we started the bye weeks. Uh, the Browns, the Chargers, the Seahawks, and the Buccaneers were all on bye. They got some rest this week. And so the way I go, do this, I'm going to go over each game. I'll give you the score. I'll give you um, who was the passing leaders, the rushing leaders, and the receiving re- uh, leaders for each game. And so we'll do this rapid fire. I'll probably uh, stumble over some words real quick, but um, we're going to do this real quick. I'm going to go over every single game, and I'll give you all the stars. Uh, So the first game, Bears 40. They beat the Commanders. Uh, Commanders only put up 20 points. Bears on the road uh, for passing Chicago Fields. He was 15 for 29, 282 yards. He had four touchdowns. This is a Thursday night game. Um, and wide receiver Moore demolished the commanders. But, um, before we get to Moore's receiving stats, how uh, QB for Washington, he was 37 for 51, 388 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. But Chicago's wide receiver, receiver more. he was just picking on the defender. He had eight receptions for, listen to this, 230 yards and three touchdowns. Are you serious? 230 yards and three touchdowns. You ought to be embarrassed, commanders. Someone should have been fired. Someone should have lost their job after that performance. Jaguars beat the Bills 25-20. This was another international game. Uh... Lawrence, Jacksonville's quarterback, 25 for 37, 315 yards, one touchdown. Buffalo's quarterback, Allen, 27 for 40, two touchdowns and one interception. Rushing, uh, Jacksonville, ETN, 26 carries, 136 yards and two touchdowns. The Bills... You can run all over them. Uh, that's why I thought Miami was going to be able to beat them. Um They Miami was successful running the ball over uh, all over them last uh, last week, but they weren't able to 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 bring it to a win. So Jacksonville has figured it out. They gave it to ETN twenty six times, and they were able to pull out the win. But also receiving Jacksonville Ridley seven receptions, one hundred and twenty two yards. So they did it in the air and they did it on the ground. Um, But Allen, he was able to air it out as well. Buffalo's receivers, Diggs, eight receptions, 121 yards and a touchdown. And Davis, six receptions, 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, Bills, if they want us to take them seriously, if they want me to take them seriously and put them in the top five and keep them in the top five, they need to shore up that defense and that rushing defense. Um, I, I think my dad said that their linebackers are beat up, so that was... Um, That's the reason why um, teams are able to run all over them. Falcons beat the Texans 21-19. Falcons at home. Uh, Passing Houston quarterback Stroud. He's doing a heck of a job. 20 for 35, 249 yards and one touchdown. Atlanta quarterback Ritter, 28 for 37, 329 yards and a touchdown. And receiving Houston Schultz, seven receptions, 65 yards and a touchdown. The Lions, Detroit, Detroit Lions, and Barry right here next to me, 42 to 24, Lions are at home, uh, we'll go over first, the bums, I mean the Panthers, Uh quarterback Young, 25 for 41, 247 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions, uh, but Jared Goff, 20 for 28, 236 yards and three touchdowns, he threw Three touchdowns in a, in a game where he did not have Almanse Brown. Almanse Brown did not play. Uh, rushing. Montgomery running back for Detroit. Montgomery, uh, we, we stole him from, from Chicago, and he has been benefiting from our great offensive line and just running the ball down every team's throat. 19 carries for 109 yards, one touchdown. Well done, Montgomery. Let's go. Receiving. Uh, Carolina sealand Thielen. Thielen's been doing well. 11 receptions, 107 yards, and a touchdown. He's still got it. Detroit wide receivers. No, I'm on say Rap Brown, but no problem. Four receptions for, uh, Reynolds. 76 yards and a touchdown. And our tight end. I knew he was going to have an excellent game. Detroit's tight end, Laporta. Three receptions, 47 yards, and he had two touchdowns. Moving on. The Colts beat the Titans 23 16. Uh, Tennessee quarterback Tannehill, 23 for 34, 264 yards and interception. Rushing, Indiana's Moss ran the ball down their throat, 23 carries, 165 yards, two touchdowns, receiving Tennessee's Hopkins. He had eight receptions for 140 yards, and Indy's uh, receiver down, six receptions for 97 yards. Dolphins, 31-16, they beat the Giants, smacked the di- Giants to a Uh, He was 22 for 30, Miami quarterback, 22 for 30, 308 yards, two touchdowns. We also threw two picks. Rushing Miami HN, 11 carries, 151 yards, and one touchdown. He broke a big one. And also, Mostert, he ran the ball well as well. Uh, He ran the ball well as well. Uh, 10 carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, eating him up wide receiver for Miami, eight receptions at 181 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, there was a point in the game, uh, one of the t- his touchdowns, or his only touchdown, uh, he signaled for his mom in the stance to come down. He wanted to give her the ball. And then there was another fan. Um, he's he Tyreek Hill kind of does one of this to kind of fake out the fan who was standing in front of his mother. Then he tosses the ball. The other fan grabs the ball, and you can see – I, I was, Reading the uh mouths of the the people in the fans, his mom is like, "I'm his mother. Like, give me the dang ball. I'm his mother. Not not going to you. He clearly wasn't trying to give you the ball. It's like, what's wrong with people? You are so entitled. That ball was not belong to you. Move out the way. Let his mother get the ball. Stay in your lane, man. I just had to say that. Sorry. Moving on. Saints thirty four. Nothing Patriots. They skunk the Patriots. Nothing to add for the Patriots. But Carolina, um, quarterback car, 18 for 26, 183 yards, two touchdowns. And Alvin Kamara, 22 carries, 80 yards, and one touchdown. The Steelers beat the Ravens. I'm telling y'all, Lamar Jackson is a running back. That man is not a quarterback. Um, Baltimore Jackson, 22 for 38, 236 yards, and an interception. Pittsburgh's quarterback Pickett, 18 for 32, 224 yards and a touchdown. And Pittsburgh's wide receiver Pickens, six receptions, 130 yards and a touchdown. I'm not a believer of the Ravens. Eagles, 23. uh, They beat the Rams. Rams only put up 14 points. Eagles are on the road as well. Passing, uh, quarterback Hurts, 25 for 38, 303 yards, one touchdown and one interception. And Stafford, quarterback for L.A., He was 21 for 37, 222 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I still love Stafford. Um, He's my quarterback until he leaves this league. I love that guy. Uh, Rushing, Philly uh, Hurts. He had 15 carries for 72 yards and a touchdown, so Hurts running the ball well. Receiving, a lot of receiving stats for this game. Philly, Brown, six receptions, 127 yards. Uh, Tight end, Goddard, for Philly, eight receptions, 117 yards. He had a touchdown. Cooper Cup came back, eight receptions, 118 yards. And L.A. receiver, uh, Nakua, he had seven receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Still doing well, even with Cooper Cup there. Moving along, we're almost finished, guys. Bengals, 34. Cardinals, 20. Uh Joe Burrow, Cincinnati quarterback, 36 for 46, 317 yards, three touchdowns, interception. Looks like he's feeling better. Arizona Dobbs, 15 for 32, 166 yards, passing, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um Chase, wide receiver for Cincinnati, had 15 receptions, 192 th- yards, and three touchdowns of the heck of a game. Jets beat the Broncos 31-21. Quarterback Wilson for New York, 19 for 26, 199 yards, and an interception. Denver, uh, quarterback Wilson, Russell Wilson, 20 for 31, 196 yards and two touchdowns. Rushing New York Hall, 22 carries, 177 yards, and one touchdown. It's a heck of the game on the ground. Chiefs beat the Vikings twenty seven to twenty. Patrick Mahomes, quarterback for Kansas City, thirty one for forty one, two hundred eighty one yards and two touchdowns. Minnesota quarterback Cousins twenty nine for forty seven, two hundred eighty four yards and two touchdowns. Um, quarterbacks did well this game. Pacheco, running back for Kansas City, sixteen carries, fifty five yards and one touchdown. He has a lot of energy. He runs hard. I like watching him run. Receiving Kelsey, tight end, uh, 10 receptions, 67 yards, one touchdown. I believe he was injured. He, uh, he left and then he came back and then scored a touchdown. Niners smacked up the cowgirls. I mean, excuse me, Cowboys. 42 uh, 10. Dak Prescott, quarterback for Dallas, 14 for 24, 153 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. The San Francisco defense is something else. They're something different. Uh, Purdy, San Francisco, quarterback, 17 for 24, 252 yards, four touchdowns. That man is killing it. Uh, McCaffrey, 19 carries, running back for San Francisco, 19 carries, 51 yards, one touchdown. And receiving uh, tight end for San Francisco, he had three receptions in every reception, went for a touchdown, he had 67 yards. Last but not least, the Raiders beat the Packers, Monday Night Football, Uh, QB Love for Green Bay, 16 for 30, 182 yards. He threw three interceptions. Garoppolo, Las Vegas quarterback, 22 for 31, 208 yards, one touchdown. He also threw a pick. Rushing for Green Bay, 20 carries, Dylan, 20 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. And Jacobs, I believe he was the uh, rushing uh, leader, or I can't remember what they name it. Um... Scoring champion, whatever they call it, for running backs last uh, year. But 20 carries, 69 yards, and one touchdown. And as far as receiving, wide receiver Watson for Green Bay, three receptions, 91 yards. And for Las Vegas, Myers, seven receptions, 75 yards, and a touchdown. So that brings us to the NFL Top 5. All in society and friends Top five. For my so to recap for my top five through week four. So through last week, I had the 49ers number one, Eagles two, I had the Bills at three, the Lions at four, and the Dolphins at five. So we number one and two are the same uh for this week through week five. I have 49ers number one, the Eagles are number two, 49ers defense, um, I believe is is amazing. It's um it's 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 very powerful and their offenses are the same. So I'm gonna give the the bump to the 49ers on the defensive end. So 49ers one, Eagles two. I bumped up the Lions to the third spot. Name me a team that's better than the Lions outside of the 49ers and Eagles. You're telling me the Chiefs? Lions beat the Chiefs. Yeah, I understand Kelsey wasn't there. And I think Jones, their their best defensive player, wasn't there. I don't care. Did they win? Did they go into Kansas City opening night? And did they beat the team? Yes or no? Thank you. So Lions are number three. I have Chiefs at number four. Um, Looks like they're getting things together. They need Kelsey to stay healthy. Boy, if he don't stay healthy, they're in a world of trouble. And then I have the Dolphins at number five. I can't put the Bills in here. Bills have trouble on defense. And I believe if it was a neutral court, um, Dolphins are winning. um, Dolphins are beating the Bills. So our Bills, you can argue Bills can go up here. But after losing to Jacksonville... Um, I know it's an international game, but no excuses. I got Dolphins number five. So, what do y'all think? Um, let me. I'm gonna jump in the chat real quick. Um, my cousin Rita says Steelers. Steelers do look good. Uh, I just don't trust their. Uh, I don't trust their quarterback. Um, just not enough time together. Um, I think they're a year or two um, before they we can really um, consider them real contenders. Going to the Super Bowl, all right now, all right now. I would put the I know it's crazy to say the Lions are going to the Super Bowl, but um, I would put the Lions ahead um, of the Steelers as far as Super Bowl watch. Uh, speaking of Super Bowl. So, DraftKings, FanDuel, Fanatics, uh, BetMGM, anytime I get a free bet, I don't care, it's $5, whatever the case may be, I've been putting it on uh, the San Francisco 49ers to, to win the Super Bowl. So, I think I have probably like 80 dollars Some of it's free money. I believe from Fanatics, they gave me like $30-something dollars, um, because I purchased, I bought this hat, and then they gave me $30 um, in bets. And so I put that all on the San Francisco 49ers to win the Super Bowl. I, who was going to beat them? There's not one team in the AFC that I think can win, can, can beat the San Francisco 49ers. Not one team in the AFC right now. So it's the Eagles. The, I don't, I, Lions have a good team, but I don't know if we can talk about them doing that right now um definitely like I said the chiefs aren't doing it and then the dolphins we already saw a respectable defense um and a in a decent uh and a decent offense that can um put some points on the board um, Dolphins are are not going to win that game um so they Dolph- the dolphins defense is atrocious they're they're terrible so 49ers um it was plus 550. I believe before they beat the Cowboys now it's probably moved down to about 450 It might be even um um plus 450 it might be under left now. Um so unless something happens and knock on wood I don't want anybody to get hurt never want anybody to get hurt but quarterback looks good party looks great amazing one of the, he might be the best statistic uh, statistically performing uh best quarterback right now. Um, running back McCaffrey, <laughs> I mean, come on. There's not, there's nothing to discuss there. He's the best in the league. Wide receivers, Debo Samuel, Ayuk, uh, George Kittle. If he stays healthy, he looks like he's healthy. Finally, knock on wood again. Um, in their defense. Have everybody stays healthy. Who was beating the Forty ers Nobody. Nobody. It's easy money. Now, I'm not telling y'all to go out there and just put all your money on Forty ers to win the Super Bowl. Um, because it's kind of silly to lock up a bunch of money. Till what well, February to, to possibly win some money. Um, but for a couple hundred dollars or so, I'll wait. I'll let um, these sports books keep my money and then um, get five times my money. Um, oh, even one of, the, one of those bets, they gave me a profit boost. So I think I bet $25 and I have plus 1100 for the San Francisco 49ers to win the Super Bowl. Plus 1100 if even if they lose. I don't know if it's a bet that I can cash out, but as we get closer, I'll probably cash that out if it allows me to cash it out. I'm going to take the guaranteed money. I'm not going to gamble. Um That's just like, they get to the Super Bowl, and the first drive, somebody takes out Purdy's leg, and then they bring the backup in. Now, could they still win that game? Yeah, sure, but anything could happen. Um So just... I love San Francisco 49ers. I love the way that they play the game. They just line up and they smack you in the mouth. Same way as the Eagles when they line up and they do that, um, like that goal line, right? When they need to get just one yard or maybe even two yards, they do that like rugby play, which, um, a lot of folks in the, um, that cover the league analysts and stuff are talking about it saying it should be allowed in the league. Shut up. Line up. And stop me Man versus man If you don't want me to get that yard Line up and stop me Until then Shut up Let them keep doing it It's not like they're doing it And getting a first down It's one darn yard Line up and stop them Alright So we're Almost to the hour mark And at the end of the show uh, I definitely uh, want you guys to remember To tune in to Market Mondays On YouTube With uh, Troy and Rashad and right now, it is 7.54. So, Wall Street Trapper, his show is going on right now, Trapping Tuesdays. Um, I told you guys I went to the show live in Philly. It was a great show. I purchased his, uh, his course. So, now I'm learning about the stock market. I'm t- I haven't even finished the first part of it. And I just by listening to the first few slides, I picked up some, some gems Invested that uh, invested in the market and made money. So I invested in companies like Palo Alto um, because of the insight that he shared. Uh, Lanthium Holdings—they are a medical company. Um, and thank you, Reedy. I appreciate it. They are—they are a medical company, and that I invested in because of some tidbits and some reasons uh, that Trap shared with me of how to dissect and research companies. Um, so. If you're not interested, or if you're not really comfortable with uh, with jumping in the stock market right now, I'm telling you, just watch Trap Show. If you enjoy hip hop, if you enjoy people breaking down like complex things and making them uh, consumable for just like anybody, everybody, Trap Show is is so good. It's 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 amazing. He he basically breaks down the stock market. Into the streets. He talks about pharmaceutical companies as like um, like the cartel, um, like drug lords, and like their um, legal drug dealers and stuff like that. So he makes it he makes it fun. He has his family behind them, uh, behind him that uh, produces the whole show. Um, I think the guy's name is Tootie. He creates beats for him. So they got like fresh new beats on there. Every, every episode, he motivates you. He inspires you and he educates you. Um, so that's pretty much what my inspiration is to do this show. Um, but I talk about sports. I talk about finance. I talk about the market. I talk about poker. Um, i bring some people on. I want to bring my, my, um, My family member Diane on because she is a nurse practitioner and I want her to um, provide some insights on health, especially uh, black men uh, going and getting screened for um, like colon cancer and things like that. Like this show, I want it to be more. I don't want anybody to say, hey, did you watch Claude's show? No, I don't watch Claude's show because I don't care about poker. It's not a poker show. Yeah. Do I talk about poker? Yeah, sure. But poker isn't everything. Poker isn't my life. I don't wake up and consume poker as soon as I, as I wake up. I wake up and I consume the market. To be quite honest with you, um, I want to know how the where what's going on in the world, and I want to know how the how the money is moving. I want to know how the richest people in the world, how all the money in the world, the vast amounts of money in the world is moving day to day, to and from. Because if you learn how how these big investors are moving, and you can, in turn, move your money like a hedge fund manager, <laughs> I'm telling y'all, there's no reason to be working for nobody else. But it's, you need a lot of money to do that, right? You have to You have, to have a lot of money. You probably have to have $100,000 to be able to just put into the market and just live off of that by itself. Um, so I'm far from that. Um, but I do want to be able to get... The skills in order to manage that type of money um, when the time comes and I feel that I can do it. Maybe one day in the cards, I'm a hedge fund manager or I'm just managing my family's portfolio. I talked to my father about this. I said, why are we why are we not getting uh, when we get together for Thanksgiving or Christmas? Why are we not talking about money? we never talk about money. We're never talking about the stock market. Well, it's because in our community, in the black and brown community, we're scared of that, right? Well, number one is because we're not educated. Um, but when you go to other communities, um, and I don't mean this um, uh, like a derogatory way, but when you go to, um you talk to, to white folks, when they get together with their friends and family, they're talking about their market, and they're talking about things that are going to move their family forward, their and gener- next generation forward. Um, because they're they're used to having these conversations. This is baked into their to the fabrics of their life, their um their 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 day to day. So that's how they go about their lives. They talk about this stuff. When we get together, we're talking about, oh, did you watch the B E T awards? Or did you did you listen to Drake's album? Yeah, that stuff is fine and all, and it's it it makes for good conversation and it's fun when we're around each other and we're drinking and having a good time. But, um, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I want, we got to grow up. Straight up. We got to grow up. We want our next generation to be better than us. Well, now it's time to, to wake up and say, hey, we got to be better. Um, My mom and dad didn't, you know... Th- didn't grow up teaching me and talking about the market. Now they're talking to me about budgeting. And the one thing that they did tell me, and this is one thing I'm so glad because now I'm living in the DMV. Parents in the DMV did not teach their parents this. My parents did not raise me on name brands and going to the store and buying the most expensive stuff. I'm telling you, y'all, I don't know what a Gucci, I don't know how much that stuff costs. I don't go into those stores. I've never walked into the store before. That stuff is not appealing to me. What's appealing to me is being a homeowner. I own my own home. What's appealing to me is being debt free. I don't, to this day, I have a mortgage. My credit cards, I have less than $1,000 on, on, I have like about 10 or 15 credit cards. Out of total of all of those credit cards, I have less than $1,000 on my credit cards. I was adamant and I made sure anytime I had a bill, I paid it off immediately within that month. My car, when I heard my first car, I paid it off within the first year and a half. I don't like to owe people money. I don't, I just, and I understand, like, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm lucky to have the opportunity to pay these things off. A lot of people have uh, families or just life comes in and hits you in the face, right? And you have to take care of other things and paying that paying that credit card bill is, is, isn't necessarily important right now. Um, I have other things that I need to work on. But when you do get to the point where you are comfortable, your kids, your, your kids are grown, you're, they're taking care of themselves now. Now it's time to get back and say, all right, I want to clear this debt. How do I get back to the p- place where I can clear my debt and I can, I have my first home. And I've been living in here X amount of time. Now, how do I get my next home? Well, now in today's market and, and environment right now, it's impossible, right? You got to have a lot of money or you got to pull a lot of people together in order to, to buy real estate of any kind right now because borrowing money is so difficult. Um, but these are the things that I'm, I'm harping on. And these are the things that I'm actively going to do um, this holiday. Whether I push my family away or not. And I'm gonna do it. And I've already pushed some other people away in my life. And to be quite honest with you, that's 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 fine because they weren't moving at the same speed as I am. I'm 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 done. I'm 35 years old. I don't have time to have somebody else to be. I'm moving along and I'm going forward and progressing in life. And I'm having somebody else that's back here. And I'm just looking back like, come on, come on, come on, come on. I don't have time for that anymore. So if you are like me and you want to move forward, you want to push forward, you're motivated, you're inspired, like tap in. That's what all in society is all about. We're tapping in. We're coming together. If you don't know something, maybe I know it. If I don't know something, maybe you know it. Or maybe we can ask someone else that's in the community, someone else that's in our society. And we can benefit from one another. So this isn't just poker, this isn't just sports, NBA, basketball, I'm talking about content creators, I'm talking about entrepreneurs, I'm talking to, to artists, musicians, people that just, um, uh, dealers from the casino industry, um, healthcare, I'm talking about everybody, everybody is welcome in this because we are all in this together to move things forward. No one's here to save us, no one's here to help us. You watch on TV. There is no middle class. You either have it or you don't. You're either rich or you're poor. They say these words like middle class on television. There is no middle class. Who is in the middle class? Where do you, you please? When you go out uh, tomorrow or tonight, whatever the case may be, I want you to walk down just like people watch. Tell me who is a middle class person. We're all in the same bucket. We're either you're the, the top 1% or you're down here with the rest of us. And unfortunately, I put that in the poor bucket. Now, some of us are have a little bit more than others, but we're still poor. We're not financially free. We still depend on someone else to pay us or, you know, we don't we're not self-sufficient. We don't just have money in the bank and we can put it in treasuries like Warren Buffett and get um, you know, five percent off this money and live off of that because we have these large sums of money. If you're not self-sufficient, if you're not financially free, you you're in the have not. If you're financially free and you're like the one percent, you're in the have, or the lack of the bad word, you're in the 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 community, the the people that have it. So those of us that aren't up there, we got to come together. And we gotta move things forward. They already see AI. They want to put us. They want to, you know, <laughs> the way I see it, they want to put us out of work, and they want robots in there because they, have robots, they don't, they don't have emotions. They don't have to tell them, you know, you know, why aren't you doing this today? Oh, because this, this, and that. Robots don't have excuses. They're just programmed to do something. And if they don't do it it's because they're broken, you need to fix it. To be quite honest. In the service industry, we need robots because the customer service is trash and the young people don't want to work. And young people are the ones that work in the service industry. Bring on the robots because I think they'll provide a better service. It sounds terrible. But that's a, that's the way I see it. Just think about it. I want you to think about like five before the pandemic. You used to go out to your favorite restaurant or whatever the case may be, your favorite bar, um, your favorite place for entertainment, whatever the case may be. What was the customer service like? It was usually pretty good. You would go to go to places and people know your name, know exactly what you're going to drink, you know exactly what you're going to eat. Um, and now multiple reasons people have, have, because of the pandemic, people have died, people have changed jobs. Um, and then now there's new people there that aren't familiar who you are and aren't providing the same level of customer service that you're accustomed to pre-pandemic. I know me going to casinos, I see it every single day. And a lot of it in the casino that I, I, I worked at, a lot of it is because I I kind of allow this um, this type of behavior um, because of whenever I was frustrated with something, um, I'm a, a venter. I like to get it out because I don't like to boggle things up. In when I hold things in, I like start to sweat, and it just it changes me mentally. So if anything's on the top of my mind, I kind of lose. I, I need to get it out. And whether someone's listening or not, a lot of times I just kind of say things. Well in the role that I was in, a lot of times I had somebody buy and I was kind of like vent, And a lot of times there was someone that was underneath me and you shouldn't be venting to somebody that's underneath you. You should be having those conversations with somebody on the same level or maybe even higher and talk to somebody directly. Um, so it's kind of some of the things that I learned um, about being a manager, some things that I need to grow up in and be better at. Um, definitely wasn't perfect, um, but that was one of the things that uh, it doesn't it doesn't foster a positive culture. Um, so that's one thing if I were to do things over, I would definitely not do that. My frustrations that I had, I would, um, keep them, um, and not bring those frustrations or kind of speak those frustrations out and open, uh, people that were, um, that I managed underneath me, um, just something to, to add. Um, but I know I kind of ranted there on the end. I'm not sure exactly, um, how we got into that, um, but for the holidays, just something in mind. Let's get together and let's talk about um, putting our money to work. Let's not just put money into the into our savings account. Uh, I've discussed the Apple savings uh, account. If you have the, I believe you had to apply for the Apple credit card and um, on your on your phone. And if you have the Apple credit card, then you'll have the opportunity to get the savings account. And the savings account, they give you pretty good um, interest in there. So if you're not interested or familiar or comfortable with, uh, investing in the stock market and doing it that way. Another great way to get, um, returning your money rather than leaving it in a, in a savings account or in a checking account in the bank is by putting it in there as well. So just a couple, a couple options. I want, um, Hey, Stefan, um, uh, did things a couple, I'm doing things a couple, a little differently. So in the future I will bring folks on. Um, but I, uh, For these past episodes, I just want to do things a couple differently. Get some things underneath me. I'm working on a couple things in the back as well. But I appreciate y'all for watching and um, tuning in with me on Facebook and YouTube. If you watched on Facebook, um, please, 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 please. I will put it in the comments um, real quick right now. Please subscribe on... YouTube. I uh, get my subscribers up on YouTube. There we go. Just drop the link. So please, thank you for the likes, um, thumbs up, all that. I appreciate it. Um, so I like to, to close out the show with a mantra and the disclaimer, of course, we talked about stocks a little bit. Um, but as far as the mantra, the reason why I do the mantra is, I got this from Wall Street Trapper. Um, it's just a a great way to to motivate and inspire. Uh, sometimes, especially I'm I'm a poker player, and what's the, what does that mean? I lose money sometimes. And what else am I been doing? I'm invested in the market. What does that mean? Sometimes you're losing money. Not everything just goes up. So sometimes it can be stressful. Um, and some, and so I just like to read this and just kind of reset and get, uh, (laughs) that was my reset, uh, shuffle. I like to reset, get my mind right and read this mantra. I definitely read it every Monday. And then, like I said, it's one, sometimes when I have those losing sessions, I just get back to this and get motivated. Um, so I am an unstoppable force embarking on a thrilling journey of growth and unity. My ambition burns within me. Pushing me to the breakthrough limitations and create opportunities that open doors to progress. I am guided by knowledge, fearlessly taking strategic risks and facing life's challenges with wisdom and determination. I value my body, nurturing nurturing it with strength and embracing my heritage. Together, we overcome obstacles, empowering each other to achieve greatness. I am the architect of my own destiny, weaving success and resilience. Within me lies the greatness to carve a future where possibilities know no bounds. Together, let's rise and take it to another level. I guess after talking for an hour and a uh, ten minutes straight, (laughs) my mouth is dry. I'm starting to... um, Talk over myself. Um, as far as disclaimer, the information provided in this show about personal finance and investing is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered financial advice. Viewers are encouraged to consult with a qualified financial advisor, which is the enemy before making any investment decisions. The content presented may not be accurate, complete, or timely, and we do not assume responsibility for Errors or omissions. Investing involves risk, and past performance is not indicative of future results. Any endorsements or advertisements featured do not constitute recommendations. By participating in the show, you acknowledge and accept these disclaimers. Uh, thank you again for joining me tonight for another episode of All in Society and Friends. We will get back to the friends portion soon. Um, I just wanted to knock out a couple episodes solo, get a couple things underneath me um, because I want to make sure this is consistent. I want to make sure that I am uh, doing things and uh, and doing it right uh, and doing it right and doing it well for y'all. So uh, hopefully recession is not coming anytime soon, Um, but if it is, we are going to be Prepared, um, we'll be ready for it and we will be just fine. Um, Thank you all. As I said, please don't forget to check out the podcast. Make sure you follow the show All in Society with Claude Winston. Just search All in Society or search Claude Winston in your favorite podcast engine. Also, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, um, All in Society. At all, it's, you can find me at at all, A-L-L underscore I-N underscore society, S-O-C-I-E-T-Y. You can also search All In Society and Friends. It should pop right up and you can follow the show from there. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Remember, life is one big session. Play the cards you're dealt to the best of your ability. And I promise you'll come out ahead. Peace.